Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6-NERDS-5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con. Pick up your tickets at denvercomiccon.com. Buying single-day tickets because three-day tickets are sold out, but you have to get them, James. You- I, wait, I have to get them? Yes. I've, I've never bought tickets before. I know. Uh, did you send in our press thing? Oh, shit, I haven't. I'll do that. Okay, I think it's until the end of February or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, while I'm talking about it, I'll bring it up it. in our email. Um but yeah, so uh, log on to DenverComicCon.com to buy your tickets. It's June 15th through the 17th. Be there. Be there because the big news <coughs> this week yeah, is Stan Lee is coming to Denver Comic Con. Ryan, Ryan, you've teased me with this before. I know. Remember, is it real this time? Remember three years ago? Yeah. Um, I, This is going to be, it's going to happen this time. I'm excited. Yep. Uh, actually, did I say the 17th through the 19th? I have no idea what you said. Okay, so I was it's actually listening. the 17th through the 19th. Like many of our listeners, I was not listening. And he has a panel in the main events room on June 18th. Do you think I could moderate that? I don't. I don't I'm going to. I'm going to put it in. Not my job. I'm going to. I'm going to poke. Gonna the, I'm going to poke in, the bear. You're going to put it in what? I'm going to poke the bear and say I want to be the moderator for that panel. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I say, hey man, look at my past. I've I've moderated Kevin Conroy. Dude, um, I did James Earl. Uh, no, I didn't Will do James Earl. Wheaton. Um, yeah, I've done, Edward James Olmos. Yeah. He's also a guy with three names. Yeah, but it's really exciting that he's coming. And his autographs are really expensive. Oh, no. But... But he's Stan the Man Lee. I know. I think I'm going to have to get him to sign one of my really old Spider-Mans. <sighs> that would be really cool. You know what I should get one to have him sign? I have Amazing Spider-Man 40, where you it's like uh, the end of the Green Goblin. It's like after you find out that the Green Goblin is Norman Osborn. And uh, the copy I got of it, because it's a really expensive comic, actually has like two hole punches in it that someone put in a binder. Oh, yeah. I should have him sign that one for me. I was just going to say, are you not having him sign The Death of Gwen Stacy because you don't want the cost, the, the, the worth of that one to go down? Um, No, he didn't write it. So. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I, I don't want him That's to sign fair. that one. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you uh, – um, I don't know when the tickets for his autographing go on sale because um, I think the VIP tickets have actually sold out. So I'm sure he'll have a separate did package. They, when they announced the VIP tickets, did they say like, "Hey, there will be other perks to this"? I don't remember. They must have. They must have. The thing is, is, it sells out so fast. I always forget to double check like the fine yeah. print. Um, but well, yeah, if but I'm sure they'll have a, I'm sure they'll have a separate thing for Stanley. Oh yeah, because he's such a icon. But he'll be there all three days. Cool. Um, That's awesome. And when you thought that was it, I just want to see him. Like I want to. I, ooh, I want to like run into him in the bathroom. All I want him to say, I, see, this is another reason why I'm going to pay for his autograph. I'm going to bring up my phone and say, Mr. Lee, can you please say you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast, Excelsior, and I'll see if he says that or he's like, get out of here, and kid. Then, and then we can all die happy. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe I should have him sign my Blu-ray copy of Mallrats. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and That's awesome. James, you think that Denver Comic Con News stopped with that? Uh, 
No. I feel like this is a trick question, so no. Guess what? No. <gasps> Guess what else is I happening? So last year, was it last year or the year last the year before they had the reunion of Star Trek? Yeah. The year before. What was the reunion was last year? Uh Batman? Batman. So that <laughs> no, you're right. Um yeah. so this year they have the karate kid <gasps> and the outsiders Ooh. um reunion. Does that mean Marky Mark's gonna be there? Um he no. was in the Outsiders, wasn't he? The only bummer is is Tom no Cruise idea. will not be there. Oh. Um, but, you know, I think uh, – so, anyways, they have the Karate Kid. So, they have Ralph Macchio, who's also in The Outsiders. Yeah. Uh, C. Thomas Howell, who's also in Soul Man. So, if you want to see Blackface painted. Wait. that the movie – Soul Man, the um, – that movie where the dude's like – oh, yeah, where – He's like he's like the oh no that's ladies man yeah okay no Soul Man is say. an eighties comedy where C Thomas oh Howell yeah right yeah where he's like went, a kid and went, he puts blackface on yeah um yeah William Zabka who of course is the bad guy um and Martin Cove will all be there cool yeah it's really cool though so I I, I really love it so because you're gonna have Ralph Macchio and C Thomas Howell do the Outsiders reunion cool and then you'll have everybody else do the Karate Kid one yeah. that's fun man it's it's fun that they're starting to get these really cool reunions because they've been doing that for every year now. And yeah, um, you know, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Every year is so fun doing Denver comic con because every year it gets a little bigger and a little more well refined. Right. Um, every year I feel like I go there, it gets um, better organized mm-hmm. and everybody there does such a great job volunteering. And it's uh, last year was my most favorite experience I've had there. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Because last year was really good. It was just like, we were more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't rushing around as much as we have in the past. But the funny thing is, uh, is we were fun. we were more relaxed. But I think we did way more interviews. Yeah, I think so. It, uh, was, it was pretty. And you know, we got it. I got to meet Amanda Connor, and she hugged me. It was a good day. Yeah, man. It was a good day. Yeah. So you know, James, you know what I want? I want Rebecca Isaacs to come back. Me too. Is she coming? I don't know. I haven't seen her. I'm gonna tweet. This. I'm gonna have to tweet at her. Be like, Yo, dog, what are you doing? Yeah, come on. Where are you hanging out? Because my my dream is to have her um, draw a Batgirl for me. She can sleep on my futon if she doesn't want to, like... Yeah. I don't know, know why she wouldn't. Right. I mean, that's a great invite. It is. I did put uh, the picture of, as our new cover on Facebook as me and you with her. I know. Because that's one of my favorite interviews, too. Because she was so nice. She's so fantastic. Man. Because remember, she's like, I you got, guys want to interview me? I got that page <laughs> of her art that you got me mm-hmm. hanging in my office now. It's awesome. Yep. And I got my I got my Tim Sale framed and it's up the my got a tim sale um it's just a print that he did that i then he signed for me of captain america and i got that framed and hanging in my office it's nice nice i'm glad you like the original art i got you oh it's fantastic dude it's it's Um, a great page it is it's a really cool page um i I just couldn't afford her covers her covers are really expensive (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course Um, but if if you have an extra twenty five hundred dollars lying around they're you know i do You know the one cover I've always wanted uh, <coughs> is the one where she did the take on Archie. Mm, is, yeah, that's I a good one. Is a great one. My favorite co- co- uh, cover of hers is um, Angel and Faith going to L.A. and oh, yeah, they're in the they're in the the uh, convertible and you get the reflection of Hollywood sign on the on the mm. car. Oh, it's so cool. I am excited though. George's will be there. Yeah, and he's done Batman books since last time we talked to him. Yeah, because so you can talk about Batgirl. Remember our last interview with him? Oh, you probably don't because it hasn't been put up. God damn it! But um, our last interview with him, he was talking. He was he wouldn't talk about his new project because he couldn't yet. Right. And then he ended up doing Batman. So it's cool. He's awesome. 
So I'm really, really excited. I just want to talk to him about like his Armani shirts and shit like that. I know. Like, he's a cool guy. He is an awesome guy. Um, if you're wondering what we do on Real Nerds Podcast besides geek out <laughs> because, about what's happening. Because you're very on, confused about what's happened yeah, for the last 10 minutes. Denver Comic Con is every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week is we your, saw... Is your whole house shaking? Yeah, that's our dryer. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Um, I just want to make sure that I wasn't like... You are not going crazy. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. I was like, this is Colorado. We ain't got earthquakes here. <laughs> Sorry. I totally derailed you're you. You're fine. No. Uh, we go see a new movie and our new movie we picked this week is Jane Got a Gun. So... The much troubled production of yeah. Jane Got a Gun. And the, the worst thing about this movie, we'll review it later, but the worst thing about this movie is that I've had Aerosmith stuck in my head since the moment I got to the theater. Why is that? Because of Jane Got a Gun. Oh, Janie got a gun. Hmm. I wonder what that would sound like. Uh, 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 uh. That's not. (laughs) No, this is the one time you've asked for a music cue. I am not going to do that. Why is that? Uh, Because I don't want to lose all my money. Are they they known for suing? I have no idea. I'm just saying. I didn't actually put Metallica in. (laughs) I was just going to make it a Metallica joke. No, I, 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 I don't want. That's clearly crossing a line. I'll put Star Wars music in there because John Williams is dope as shit, and I, I, you know, I feel <laughs> like he'll be okay with it. But you know, I have a feeling Aerosmith would be. Yeah, for the most part. But what are they doing? Right? Uh, they still make music, make tons of money. I'm they sure they're care. still touring and shit. Yeah. Yeah, they don't care. Um, our favorite place to see movies is the Alamo Draft House. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Here's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House next week. Hi, Tim League here, founder of Alamo Drafthouse, and I'm here to tell you about the next title in our Drafthouse Recommend series. The movie is called The Witch. I happened to see it at the Sundance Film Festival last year, and it was the film of the festival that I couldn't shake out of my head. It's one of the most beautiful, atmospheric thrillers that I've ever seen. It's an incredible new director, and it is worthy of your consideration. I went to not an Alamo Draft House today. I know it sucks. I was huh? not as, as happy. Well, oh. actually, I actually had a really good movie experience because uh, Regal changed their rewards. <coughs> so, so, so all tickets are free now. Well, here's the thing: is so originally it was you earn points, and then like you get a certain amount of points, you get free popcorn. A certain amount of points, you get free soda. Then the next one would be a movie. A movie, and it rotate. Now they just give you all your points, and each. Oh. How many points you have? Each thing's worth a certain point value. Oh. So I like opened up my app today. I'm like, wow, this is weird. It's way different. And uh, I was talking to the guy. He says, oh yeah, we literally updated that two hours ago. Huh. And what it is is like I have so many points that I never lost or spent. Yeah. That I have like enough for three free movies, three free popcorns, and three free sodas. Sweet. Obviously, it has to be a movie that's been out for ten days. Oh sure. But well, I might go yeah. see some Oscar nominated films. Yeah. With that or or the Star War. Or the Star you know, War again. Here's five dollars. Go see a Star War. Yep. Um, but it was a bummer that we couldn't see anything at the Alamo. Uh, Jane got a gun. I think only went out in a 550 theaters or something. Yeah. And they're showing Anomalisa there, which I do want to go check yeah. out. But you know, whatever. So James, can you believe? I also like Westerns. that. We're already going to be in February next week. Gosh, February of 2016? No, I can't. I can't. Yep. I can't. So, can uh, you believe that I'm like 28 years old? I'm gonna be dead soon. You probably. Yeah. Uh, the BBS story is BBS production films. Cool. Uh, Bob Ralphelson, Bert Schneider, and Steve Blauner. And so it's running all week. I don't know who those are. We have to get Steve on so he can tell us. 
Um, but their first movie is on the first, and it's called Drive, he said. Did you see that Steve won an award for programming? I did. That was pretty cool. Good for him. Yeah. He, go, works, he works really hard. Yeah. He's really good at what he does. Uh, food and film. There's a gourmet grub expertly paired with fantastic features. On the second, guess what the second is? Um, it's also a holiday. Um, Valentine's Day. No, it's Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, dude, I want to see Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's it's uh, paired with Grub, so. Cool. Uh, Fantastique is Labyrinth on the 4th. I watched, I have not seen that movie in a long time, but I watched the video of uh, David Bowie singing his weird song about mm-hmm. magic dance or whatever. That movie's weird as shit. It is. He's really good at this one part. I, f- I can't remember the exact moment or uh, the exact lines, but he basically says, I gave you everything you wanted. You wanted the child taken away? I took her. And the way he says it is really cool. I remember that. That is really cool. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember the verbatim the line, but I do remember that part's cool. The song is completely like nonsense. Because the song's yeah. like, my baby lost its magic, so you do the magic dance. And I was like, what the fuck yeah. is this? That no. movie, every time I watch it, I go, what the fuck is this? Ugh. Um, yeah. Better than Willow, though. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Willow in a long time. I got the Blu-ray Oof. still in the wrapper, and I'm waiting to rewatch it. Mad Mortigan's cool. <laughs> Uh, Mizazaki is also uh, being celebrated during the month of February. Cool. Uh, so the first film is on the 5th, and it's Princess Mononoke. Ooh, I haven't seen that in a long time. That's a good movie. Um, Kids Camp is Ready, Set, Ready, Jet, Go on the 6th. I don't know what that so is. So it's the Rocky Mountain PBS at the Alamo. I'm get, it's probably some cartoon on Rocky Mountain PBS. Jet Jackson. Um, Quote Along on the 6th is The Princess Bride, which is a brilliant film. Awesome. All, always good. Yep. Uh, if you want to get on in on the beer dinner this month, I'd recommend getting tickets. It's not till Valentine's Day, but it's Shaun of the Dead. Ooh. We're going to save you, Barbara. <laughs> and on the first is Frankenstein and Paper House with the director Bernard <coughs> Rose in person. And I think on Frankenstein, Tony Todd will be there. Ooh. Um, we have a great interview with him one day. He'll, everybody will hear it. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Uh, and on the fourth, Galaxy Quest will be. Oh, that's a great movie. So, yeah. Poor Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Just as they started making a sequel, we're talking about mm. wanting to make a sequel. Yep. It's too bad. It is. So that's what's playing at the movie. Alamo this cool. week. Good stuff. Yeah. What do you want to start with, James? Uh, let's do what we've been watching. Cool. Oh, we got movie signs. This. Oh man, I've, I've watched so much stuff because we didn't yeah. do one last week. Um, Your house is shaking more. I know. Is right? this really okay? Yes, I promise. Okay, good. It's done. Nothing oh. will happen. Uh, I watched Escape from New York. I thought, I thought Alexand- <laughs> Alexander Daddario and I were going to have to escape the city together. Oh, dude, I'd escape with her. Right. Wait, is my wife around? Um, I watched Escape from New York, and um, yeah, movie's okay. <laughs> Like it's it's still. Are pretty you saying f- that Snake Plissken is not the coolest badass ever? Like no, that, like we all remember. I wouldn't say that, but I think there's still some great lines in it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know the movie, it takes place in 1997, New York, where in the dark future of yeah. 1997, where New York is now a uh, prison, 
yeah. or Manhattan's a prison, so they have a wall going around it. And the president, played by Donald Pleasance, is uh, crash lands there because Air Force One is hijacked or something, and they need Snake Plissken to go in and save him. And so he, I, I swear he has maybe 10 lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. And there's some really cool action scenes. I say it's Sean Carpenter 80s, so it has that really like synth music and yeah. 80s. But uh, my favorite moment in it is everyone thinks Snake Plissken is dead. They don't say why they think he's dead. They just say, I thought you were dead. Because it's a great action movie and at some sure. point he has to be pretended. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so he comes back and this lady in the diner when he's fighting off all these mutants is, she says, Snake Plissken, I thought you were dead. And he says, no, I'm an asshole. <laughs> yes i love it um, oh that's great i had a lot of fun watching that i watched uh, naked gun 2 okay the smell of fear came out on blu-ray um i know you're not a leslie nielsen fan but not i really I, like him in fantastic voyage fantastic it's still voyage. it's still really funny though it's the thing with the zucker brothers films is the dialogue is so stupid but everybody plays it so straight that it yeah. makes it really funny and i had a lot of fun watching it uh oh now, no, sorry, Forbidden Planet. Yes. Leslie Nielsen's in Forbidden Planet, not yes. He used to be a serious actor, and then he went zany. Yeah, right. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic is in <laughs> Naked Gun 2. All right, now I'm in. Uh, he He's in it for like a minute. He plays oh. a uh, robber. He's about to shoot the cops, and uh, Leslie Nielsen's character is Frank Drebin, and he opens up the door and like knocks him out, and everyone says, wow, great work, Frank, huh? It's funny. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Uh, what else did I watch? Fudge. Um, I reorganized all my movies because I lost Robin Hood, so I can't remember what I watched. Um, but I'll touch on the things that I liked. Uh, this week I watched a movie called uh, We Are Still Here, which I think is a great title for a film. Um, it's a horror film about uh, this couple. It takes place in the 70s, and they move uh, from the city out to the country because their son uh, died in a car accident. Okay. And they go to their new house. Is he still here? They, they go to their uh, new house, and the first night they're in the house, the wife, played by Barbara Crampton from Reanimator, uh, says, I can I can feel his presence. He's still here. And um, as the movie's going along, they hit so many tropes from the haunted house genre that they even get like a note that says, get out. Um, it's always just like little things that you notice. But here's the thing with this movie about halfway through, it goes batshit crazy and like in a really cool way. Yeah. So um, I'll spoil this movie. Cause I know you don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Um, spoilers for people that want to see a really cool horror film from last year. Yeah. So um, this old man shows up at their house and he tells a story about, it used to be a funeral parlor and this poor family was run out of town and um, no one knows what happened to him. So the next day they have the the downstairs, like in their cellar, super hot, but upstairs it's really cold. So they have this uh, furnace guy come out to fix their furnace. And while he's down there, this like charred little girl like grabs his arm and, you know, it's like a ghost and he's freaking out and they have to take him to the hospital and they don't know what happened to him. They thought he got burned on the boiler. And um, as the movie goes along, you've more of these like... Uh, ghosts or apparitions are like burnt up people and uh you find out that it's actually the funeral parlor family is uh the town people didn't like them so they put them in the cellar and they burned them alive and okay. they all died and so now in this house every 30 years 
uh, the town puts this house for sale, and when someone buys it, it's the sacrifice that to these this family to appease these angry spirits. Um, but there's this badass part where so uh, you know her her son died and she thinks he's around. Yeah. So she has her friend who's into like seances and stuff come up. You know, like every always a good idea. And um, when they go there, comedy gold. Yeah. They, they uh, she says, "Oh, it's not your son. There's something wrong in this house." And they said, well, my son's on his way up. Uh, you want to go get a bite to eat in town? So they put up a sign for their kids and they go into town and the kids show up. And um, as they start to fool around, they hear like noises downstairs. And so the son goes down there and this is when it gets batshit crazy. And um, there's like there's this cool angle. The guys who made this film are going to make a big movie. I know it. Um, there's this angle looking up at the his girlfriend and of complete complete terror and you're like what is she seeing and that burnt like dead guy like pins her boyfriend down and punches both his fists through his head and like rips his like like eyeballs and stuff out and you're like what the fuck just happened because this movie is like pg-13 up to this point yeah and so the girlfriend gets all scared and she runs out of the house and she's like oh my god oh my god and then the demons like pop up behind the girl and it like punches through her chest and rips her heart out. And you're like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? And then the end is the town folk um, are trying to get this family to be sacrificed, but the ghosts don't like the townspeople mm. and they just rip all these people apart and it goes like batshit gory crazy. And... So like they break out of the house and they like go kill people in the town. Uh, no, they, the people in the town come to their house oh, okay. because they want to make sure that they're being sacrificed. Yeah. And instead these people get like annihilated and I mean, it's like evil dead style blood. Oh, cool. And it's all uh, practical. So it looks really cool. Cool. Um, so if you like super gory films, I would uh, definitely recommend um, we are still here and is really creepy is really well made yeah. for like a little low budget Canadian film. Totally. Um, I rewatched, um, do you remember a movie called spawn? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I happen to know that it came out at the same time as, as Vegas vacation. Cause I remember yeah. a guy taking his like six year old to see spawn. Um, so spawn is based on the hot comic book property. Todd McFarlane's <laughs> leading property IPO. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where, I, I've never understood the popularity of Spawn. I mean, he's not popular anymore, but... No. In the uh, night, he was very 90s. Yeah, right? in the 90s. Like, basically, he's Spider-Man with a cape. Um, like, well, except also a demon. Yeah, I mean, like, the way he moves and his, like, his oh, costume with like, its eyes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, visually, he's like a, he's like a heavy metal version of Venom. Venom yeah. There we go, heavy metal Venom. Um, so, I haven't seen the movie since 1997. <laughs> uh, I wonder why. It's one of those movies that, because, you know, I'm doing the comic book movie thing. Right. That... It was at Tradesmart for yeah. two ninety nine on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I was like, whatever, I'll get it. And I got that and uh, something else. It cost me like $5. Right. So whatever. And, I, and I'm watching it. And when it starts, I'm like, oh my God, this is the biggest piece of shit. Even, even before it really got going, like the, the title credits are the biggest like direct to video thing I've ever seen. Right. Um, it's like fire and like the, some of the letters are backwards when they say their names and, um, <laughs> everything about it just reeks what's wrong with comic book movies in the nineties. Yeah. And there's horrible CGI in it. Yeah. I, have you seen it? Uh, I think I saw it on TV many, many years um, ago. I don't know who, 
I forget the name of Satan in it. It's like Megalobosh or something. <laughs> Whatever McFarlane <gasps> Megalobosh calls Satan. But, so, so that sounds like a Power Rangers villain. Right? It's this huge demon. Completely CGI. Yeah. And it talks like this. Like uh Claw from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> it might even be Claw's voice. time yeah. spawn. Yeah. So it's talking, but its mouth is always just open. It never moves. Right. So doesn't mouth the words. Right. It sits there and just goes, Spawn, you are my... <laughs> That's literally what happens. Um, he's So in the story, I guess, Al Simmons is a mercenary who gets double-crossed by his boss, played by Martin Martin Sheen, who also talks like this in it, so it's really weird. Like, he gives himself a really deep voice. Okay. And he gets killed, and he goes did to you hell. Say, did you just say Martin Sheen? Yep. Martin Sheen. Yep. The Martin Sheen. The Martin Sheen. Not like some dude named Martin Sheen. Nope. The Holy Martin Sheen. Shit. With like slick black hair and like a black beard. and <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like evil universe Martin Sheen. Yeah. Okay. And so he gets uh, burned alive and he goes tell and his face is all like crispy and looks like Freddy Krueger basically. Hmm. And he's given a deal by the Satan guy. Megalodon. Yeah. Whose mouth doesn't move but he's talking. Lead my army. That's what he says. <laughs> and so he goes to back to Earth where... It's like evil Yoda. John Leguizamo, who's actually pretty fun in the movie. He plays... He plays the evil clown thing. The evil clown. Right. But he's also what's wrong with the movie where it's really childish humor. Yeah. And, and as he's talking like, oh, wow, this is like a Todd McFarlane script. And sure enough, he's a screenwriter on it. Uh-huh. And um, it's just a mess. Everything in it's in a mess. Um, Michael J. White plays Al Simmons' Spawn. And he's not he's a wrestler, but, right? Uh, or something? No, no. He's, he's an actor, but he's uh, oh, he's the guy from uh, from uh, uh, Dynamite, Black Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. He's not bad at it, but the thing is, is so he talks like this because you know he's burnt and right. so it hurts to talk. Sure, but then also a demon. Yeah, and so then, but halfway through the movie, all of a sudden he's talking normal, and then the next scene he talks like this again. So there's no consistency in the film. Huh? It's horrible CGI that. Direction, directing is horrible in it. It's one of those things where the director thinks if he puts the camera, had like going up when the violator becomes like the monster, and the violator—that's the clown's oh, like, okay. comic book name. And right. um, of course, it's it like this looks stupid. You know, yeah. it's like trying to get make it imposing, but it's not imposing when he picks up a CGI spawn and it's really bad CGI for the violator. And it's really jerky animation. Yeah. Oh, this is awful. And what just sold the awfulness to me is, so there's a part in it where this guardian angel knight of the Templar dude is trying to recruit Spawn for his army, I guess. Is I he know. an angel? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he, um, so anyways, Spawn fights the Violator. Why does everybody want this burn dude? Because he's, he's fighting the battle between heaven and hell, dude. Okay. You didn't get that? Oh, because they don't never say it in the movie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, so he fights the Violator to, like, a draw. And then the Violator turns back into evil clown guy. And he says, uh, Wanda is Spawn's wife. Sure. And he says, uh, first one to Wanda's house gets uh, gets the prize. Like, he's going to, like, have sex. I don't even remember. <laughs> and I watched it yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, <he's, laughs> so they're going to race. And he's on his way, but then that angel guy says, you need to train. What? So he's training on how to use his powers while the Violator is going 
presumably to his wife's house to kill her. <laughs> because the violator knows that if he kills... Oh, I forgot to tell you this part. So, Martin Sheen has this contraption uh, implanted on his heart that if his heart stops, it's going to release a huge biological weapon. So, uh, the clown is trying to get Spawn to kill Martin Sheen. So, so that a biological weapon will yeah, kill the Earth? So, kill the Earth. So... Hell will win. I don't know why the violator just doesn't kill Martin Sheen himself, but what do I know? And why, and why does killing Wendy get oh, Wanda? him to kill Martin Sheen? Because Jean? if he kills Wanda, then he'll kill Martin Sheen because Martin Sheen's the bad guy, dude. You're not keeping up with this? No, I th- I'm pretty sure the clown is the bad guy. He is, but he no one knows that he's using Martin Sheen yet. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, so he stops and he trains him and this English talking guy says, you got to learn to use your cape. And so there's this really bad Learn CGI to use cape. Your cape. Yeah, really bad. Like, CGI don't let it get cape. stuck in the door. Um, I don't know if you know this about McFarlane when he draws Spawn, but the cape is like as big as, like twice as big as Spawn. Right, so I know. It makes it, obnoxious. It looks cumbersome, unwieldy, even. Yeah, but he can control it, dude. It can go big getting or small. in and out of a car is probably really um, hard. He also has chains that come off of him. Wait, so, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, so, oh, now I'm back in. So all he's right. learning how to use all this stuff chains. and spikes to come out of him. So basically, Sweet. he's like the Green Lantern, um, only with can, like badass shit that doesn't do much. Like yeah. he can't make fists; he just makes like a chain. Yeah, exactly. So all he, right, that's cool. So he's like, I'm going to make a hard shell that can't be punched through. It's really stupid. Out of the cape. He's kind of like uh, the Marley Brothers in the Muppet movie. Yeah. In the Muppet Christmas Carol, yep. right? Where the yep. chains just go everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Marley. Marley. <laughs> Is that song in this movie? I wish. Oh, man. That'd be um, so anyways, so back to, so he fights the Violator. Then he starts training, I don't know, for like five, ten minutes. I don't sure. know. The movie's only an hour and a half. It seems like an eternity. <laughs> and so he's training. And so then he steals some dude's motorcycle at a bar. Okay. And as he's driving the motorcycle, all of a sudden the violator shows up in a septic truck. And it's like, wait a minute, didn't he like totally leave like twenty minutes ago? Shouldn't he already be? Hey, he really needed that septic truck. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to find a septic truck? I haven't seen a septic truck in weeks. And so if they have this fight on a motorcycle and on this truck, and it's just a it's a fucking mess. The movie's awful. Um it's one of those it might be the worst comic book movie I've ever seen. And ah. I've seen some shitty comic book yes, movies. Yes, you have. All right. Um, Interesting. That kind of makes me want to watch Spawn. <laughs> I'll let you borrow it. Um, no, that's okay. Yeah, take your time watching it. I don't really want to watch it that hard. Um, and and uh, sorry, that was a long explanation of Spawn. No, um, it was okay. I liked it. And uh, the last thing I watched because I wanted to get this taste of Spawn out of my mouth is I rewatched Tremors. <laughs> uh, Tremors for the first time in I don't know how long. But yeah. I, I love that movie when I was younger. Okay. And Do you love it now? Yeah, it's still a fun movie. Cool. Right, I, I, think, I think Kevin Bacon in it is really good. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite part is him and uh, Bert are um, being chased by the graboid after it eats their horse, and they jump across that concrete like ravine, and it runs into it, and Bert says, "Hey, we knocked him out," and Kevin Bacon says, "We didn't knock him out. We killed that son of a bitch." Fuck you! <laughs> and I can't believe that movie's PG thirteen one because it's pretty violent, and yeah. two, there's tons of cussing in it. Really? Yeah, I love it. Do um, they say the f word more than once? No. Okay. But they say shit a whole bunch. I think that's okay. Um, and it's pretty violent, and it's yeah. pretty scary. But yeah, I guess because it's kind of a campy movie, they kind of let it right slide. I don't know. Is there um, 
Is that the one that starts with like the old lady in the car getting swallowed? Uh, or is it just a woman? No. Um, or is it the second one? The, the maybe the there is a lady who's in a car that gets swallowed, but it's about halfway through the movie. Oh, maybe it. Okay, I thought that's how it, where it's. It opens there. with. Um, oh man, I just watched it like twenty hours ago. <laughs> Whatever, it's no big deal. But yeah, anyways, yeah. So I, I think the movie's just pretty clever. It's yeah. funny. It's a cool idea. Um, they should make it like that's a movie you could remake. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just go get some fun dudes. Like go make a movie where some giant, so where there's worms in the earth will eat you. And it's that'd be cool. It was fun watching because I haven't seen it in a long time. But you know, there's a joke where um, they're driving back to town and they're talking about the new college intern because the old college intern was some nerdy guy out there. And they said, Lame. Oh, oh wait, it's supposed to be some girl. And so Kevin Bacon Hell is yeah. like hauling ass across the desert. He says, "I bet she's like five ten, blonde hair, legs that won't quit, and a." Brass that are way out to here, and it's that really cute scientist girl, and he's really disappointed about it. Aww. It's pretty funny. Um, but there's jokes that you didn't get as a kid, like, oh, right, he's being really sexist. And, yeah, um, he's disgusting. he's kind of a shitbag. Yeah, um, right. I, I still had fun watching the movie. It was pretty fun. Cool. Um, and that's what I watched this week. Awesome. Um, I saw just a couple things to go over. I rewatched Neighbors, um, which that movie is really great. Man, the fight scene at the end where where Seth Rogen fights Zac Efron is awesome. Like, comedic gold, really badass and cool. I don't know if you remember that very well, but like... I do, it's great. Yeah, like, there's that... I had forgotten this movie so much, but when <laughs> when he when he picks up the beer and he screams, I'm Batman, and throws it and it bounces back and hits him in the head, oh, man, that movie is genius. That's a really great movie. Um, yeah. Except for, the bil- except for the boob milking scene. That scene is not funny, but... Um, I, I think I think Rose Byrne steals that movie though. I think she's great in that film. Oh, she's fantastic. That scene just for me doesn't yeah. work very well. Yeah, I I love her in that movie. Um, the uh, so yeah, uh, I also finished season two of Lost. Nice. Um, season two is great. Uh, it's funny. I was uh, I was watching some of it at work one day, and like at the end of the day when most people had left and somebody came by, and uh, and she was really excited because I was like, oh my gosh, you're watching Lost. This is great. And so she sits there for a while, and we were talking about like how much stuff because she was flabbergasted that like it was still season two and they're blowing up the hatch and like you you know all this stuff about desmond and you know um that that show cooks a lot more than mm-hmm. i thought than than you than you remember i, I like, told it you moves when, so fast when i watched it straight i would watch almost a whole season a day <laughs> yeah because yeah. it gets to a point i think in season is it three or four when it goes cuts the episode order uh it's three or four, so, four. It's four. So season four, four, like, five, and six are shorter. I, I'm pretty sure I got through. Like I didn't stop watching it. Like I got yeah. up to go to the bathroom and you know shower and stuff. But yeah, because it's only sixteen episodes. You can get through sixteen episodes in a day, pretty easily. And that's when I didn't have a wife or anything. You know, I yeah. Was, what the fuck? I mean, I was doing? I was dating Laura at the time. Right, but she wasn't. She but was she in wasn't a around. Town, so it was like yeah, I was literally at my house by myself because yeah. my cousin was out of town, always installing cell phone towers. Yeah, and I would get off work and I'd just go home like oh watch. 10 hours of lost. I don't have nothing else to do. Right. Why the fuck not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been great. Um, and then, uh, I also watched, what was the other thing I watched? Oh, oh, so, you know, I've been talking a lot lately about how I want to watch all these 11 year old movies and Mm -hmm. figure out what the hell is going on with this stuff. Right. So I finally watched divergent. Mm. Um, and it's pretty good. What? Like it's, it's still a piece of shit, but it's, Uh, it's the best one of these. I have to say my niece thinks those movies are shitty. Well, she's wrong. This is the best one How of them. How dare you? 
I mean, I love Taylor, but uh, yeah, this is the best one between really between Maze Runner and Hunger Games and like the the Bella Swan movies and what's the other one? I'm forgetting one more. This is easily the best one. Really, it's still it's still all the like cookie cutter lame bullshit. Like this is not a good movie. Does Shailene Woodley make it better? Oh yeah. So all of the acting in this movie is way better than most of those movies. Shailene Woodley makes it great. Uh, Ashley does. Ashley Judd does a pretty good job. Um, and then the uh, so Miles Teller is in it. Oh nice. He plays it really. It? Yeah, he plays a really shitty character that I think is eventually going to get better. But like right now, he's a poorly written character. And then the guy who plays the uh, like the dude main interest, whose name is the number four. Um, I'll get to that. Uh, he does Wait, a good his, job too. That's his name. Yeah, his name is Four. So let me explain. So the story of Divergent. This is going to take a few minutes. So if you don't give a shit, like maybe you can jump <laughs> forward a while. But I don't care. This is cool. So it's not really cool. It's a stupid movie. <laughs> um, so the story of Divergent is this. Uh, and I'm unlike the Maze Runner, where I can't tell you why they're in a maze. I can totally tell you what Divergent means and why it's important. So um, in the world of, Diver- of Divergent, you're in like this horrible future where everybody's living in this big city and there was like some big war or whatever, right? And so what they've done is they've split everybody into um, into these districts. Sounds very familiar, right? Only yeah, in this like case, games. right, exactly. Only in this case, they split the people in districts based on the way that you think and like the way you solve problems. So they put you through this test where they like inject you with some kind of drug and you have like these crazy nightmare dreams and the way that you solve the problems in your crazy nightmare drug dreams, um, tells you something about, uh, who you are, but you don't necessarily like, so, so basically it starts off and she's talking about, there's this really horrible, like, dialogue, like, narration at the beginning just to get stuff started, and it's really ham-fisted and bad. Um, but she's explaining, like, she, she's, she's a part of this one, there's like five groups or something like that, or four, I don't know. Um, so there's a few groups, and she's a part of the one that's like, they, they're, they're all about kindness. Um, and they actually run the government because they are all about kindness, like, their, their defining fe- feature is that they're very selfless. Um, like they don't really believe in owning very much and they give everything back to people who don't have a district, which people who don't have a district is very important. Um, and so, you know, basically they're like homeless people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the whole thing about this, this world is like your, there's this thing, I can't remember how they say it, but it's like your district is more important than, than your family. Right. So once you choose a district, that's really where you belong more than you would necessarily even your family. Hmm. Um, so when kids get to a certain age, they take this test, they figure out how they think, and the person tells them like what their test score was. And then they just go to this thing where they get to choose. And they have their test score telling them like where they'd probably fit best, but they can choose whichever one they want. So she goes and takes her test and she's really confused because she's like, I don't feel like I fit in with this, with these really kind people. Like there's this horrible scene where like she doesn't, like her brother gives her a hard time because he's like, why didn't you just give that poor guy some stuff? And she's like, I don't know. Like I, I just didn't think of it right away. Like just, right. So they're trying to make mm-hmm. it seem like, oh, she just doesn't fit in here or whatever. Um, and she's like, I really like the, the dauntless people because they're like the warriors and they protect the town, whatever. And they, they run around in, in like, in like very, um, very like West Side Story looking gangs and they do parkour <laughs> all over the place. Sweet. Right. So she's like, dude, I like these guys. They do parkour. They jump off trains. They climb up these, like, they climb up metal stuff. Like, they're, they're badass. Um, so she goes to get her test and her, her test lady, uh, just freaks out. Um, and she's like, what? You, you did that way too quick. Like, you're divergent. So divergent means this. 
um, basically when you know when when like somebody dauntless goes into their in here, um, they get a they get a crazy murder dream where it's like ah, there's all these crows and these crows are trying to kill me and you're in a swamp and um. And so if you're, or sorry, not if you're diverted, if you're dauntless, I mean, you're going to find like something big, like a stick or something and fight off the birds. But if you are one of the smart people who needs to be a scientist, like maybe you're going to do like the fucking crazy PETA thing where you're going to rub mud all over yourself so the birds don't see you, right? Like there's all these different things. Well, what she does is when they test her, she, she recognizes that it's a dream and she thinks outside the box and realizes like... So, so it becomes slightly trippy. So, like, when she falls down into the swamp, she realizes she's in a dream, and she sort of, like, pushes herself into the swamp, and suddenly there's a lot more water, and, like, now it's almost like she's in an ocean, and the birds don't come after her because they're not going to come into the water. And, like, so she she finds these ways to solve the, the problem and escape her her crazy murder dream thing that aren't that don't fall into the buckets that they expect, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what it means. It just means that they can't they can't define her and she thinks outside the box, which makes them like which makes the 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 crazy super science people who invented this whole test very nervous cuz they're like, "Well, we don't know how to define you, so clearly you're not safe. Like you're going to be the person who you're like you divergent people are going to cause like an uprising or whatever." So that's what divergent means. I'm just proud of this movie because it taught me what the title meant. Unlike <laughs> Most of these movies. So, um, anyway, long story short, she joins. Oh, so this is what's also cool. So she goes to this, this, this dumb sorting hat scene, right? And, um, that's just like all the other sorting hat scenes in all these fucking movies. Uh, but she gets to make the choice, right? So she goes up there. First, her brother goes up and he chooses not to be in, in the, even though everybody expects him to stay in the kindness people, he chooses not to. He goes to the weird smart science people. And his parents are just distraught. They're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that we raised a kid who would go to a different one. Like, does he not love us? Like, right? Like, they have this horrible, they feel like they're betrayed. And she goes up and does the same fucking thing. And she's like, nope, I'm going to go be with the Dauntless, the crazy parkour kids, right? Because she mm-hmm. didn't get a test. So she goes and bees with the, and she's with the parkour kids. And her parents are just like, they're just like horrified. They're like, oh my goodness, like, our, our kids have just left, like, voluntarily left us and are never coming back. Um, and it's a really kind of sad little moment. Um, and, but, but I'll, I'll point out that it's totally like a choice that she makes. Like she makes this choice and she makes a lot of choices to do things in the show, in this movie. It's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so long story short, or not really, cause it's still very long. Um, <laughs> she runs with these dauntless kids and they teach her how to do parkour and the other kids are like, they pick on her cause she's not, she wasn't already dauntless. Like she was a kind one and there's all these rumors about the kind people not really being kind and the the in, in, intelligent people uh, are led by Kate Winslet and Kate Winslet's like, you guys are fucking assholes. And so she like, um, she ends up uh, like, you know, causing a whole war thing to happen. And then, and then Shailene Woodley falls in love with this dude whose name is Four and they get tattoos and shit together and, and then they fight back and, and her, she runs into her parents and she's, she tries to save her parents. Um, Spoilers, your parents die. It's really sad. No. Yeah. Um, and then, but they're, they're dumb. Like her mom's kind of smart, but her mom, her, her dad's just dumb as shit. And, uh, yeah. And then she, you know, she tries to save the world and shit. Um, and so there's like some closure at the end. Uh, but everything's all fucked up now. So who knows what's going to happen next? Oh, oh, now they're, no, cause they can't go back to Dauntless cause they like, they kind of have to betray Dauntless to do this. So now like she and, she and four are like out on the road, just riding trains together. Um, with some other dude. 
Um, yeah. And there's like there's like little glimmers of like it's interesting because you hear about you you get Four's backstory and like his dad beat him or whatever and some people thought that was a rumor and then it turns out to be true like because she goes in, she goes into his 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 crazy nightmare dreams at one point um, and so you get to like learn about like what his problems are and and who he really is and um, and Miles Teller plays a complete dick who just who basically just calls her like racist names all the time um, and then oh at one point like somebody tries to rape her yeah. It's pretty good. Man, I don't know what the it's not fuck good. you just said, but you're special, man. <laughs> um, That's uh, from Jane and Bob Strike Back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I, I'm I'm you're interested intrigued. to see another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many is there? Three right now? The third one's coming out this year, I think. The third and one that, coming out? That one looks totally different. Are you sure know. there's not already three of them? Divergent. Allegiant. Allegiance this year. And then I think Insurgent is the second one. Insurgent? Allegiant? I don't know. Whatever. Um, the third one, the trailers for the third one make no fucking sense by comparison to what I just saw. So maybe they go straight downhill. Like maybe they just turn into dog shit. I mean, they're already dog shit, but they're like watchable, palatable dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like there's some cool action scenes in there. Like it's not, it is not a bad movie. If I were like a teenager, like if I were 11 years old, I'd be like, this is pretty cool. I like this movie, you know? Um, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Do Shailene Woodley. Yep. She's great. She is. So, yeah, that's what I watched. Uh, I also want to point out that I rewatched Maggie and You're Crazy. Um, oh, that dog shit. There's this great scene where he's talking to his daughter about what her mom saw in him. And uh, it's really great. And I also watched Hotel Transylvania 2 again. Oh. My, my little boy watched that movie with me. Yeah. Aww. It's a really cute movie. That's pretty good. Yeah, I love I like that movie. That. I don't know why people... You know, I always... I think people automatically just assume because it's Adam Sandler, they don't give it good reviews. I don't think like the honestly, it's it's really that I write off any non Pixar animated film, yeah. film that like and doesn't have a pedigree to it. It, right? it doesn't. I mean, it's there's a lot of throwaway to it. Yeah, but it's still it's still pretty funny. And like I said, one of my favorite jokes is, which I think they should have made the trailer, is because they made the trailer for it for the Blu-ray is. So the story for Hotel Transylvania 2 is Drac is trying to get his little grandson to grow his to, to vampire become a fangs. Vampire, yeah. Because he wants him to he's be. Half vampire. Yeah. So he wants to be a vampire. Couldn't he just bite him and then feed him his own? Feed um, him I vampire guess you don't. Blood? I guess when you're a little baby, you grow vampire fangs. Oh, okay. Um, whatever. Sure. And so he takes him to vampire camp where they teach all these little kid vampires how to become vampires. Is that like straight camp or fat it's like, camp? No, it's like a summer camp. Oh, okay. And so. <laughs> it's funny because they're they say like that now they want to be safe so to turn into a bat they jump off this like little like two foot high thing and there's a little air mattress below and then they catch him in a little net and so dracula's like just horrified and so he takes him to the top of this like where they used to throw him off of which is this hundred hundred foot tall like thing it's like hundreds of feet in the air yeah and uh so drac gets the top and he has mummy and uh frankenstein and wolfman and the invisible man with him and so drac takes his little uh grandson and he like just throws him off this (laughs) rickety old like thing and he says and so they have this animation where drac like points his nose up like he knows everything and his buddies go, hey, Drac, I don't think he's going to fly. And his response says, he'll fly. Uh, he's still falling because it's really high up. I don't think he's going to fly. 
that's how he'll learn. <laughs> and it goes on for like a minute. And then uh, Dracula slowly is like, he's not going to fly. And he goes and gets him. It's pretty funny. Um, just the way, like the beats of it is really yeah. good. I think that it's, and it looks great. I think it's a really fun movie. Cool. Um, cool. cool. Yeah. I came in and check those out. Yeah. I have a few in bro. You know, one day. I might. Um, yeah. So what do you want to do next? Uh, news. Cool. There is no news. That's real news. Yeah. Um, um, how about Blu-rays? Cool. Ignition sequence start. Whoa, DVDs. Because I'm, I'm not gonna put it in the music. It's just gonna. There's just gonna be an empty space. Here. <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is getting a. Oh wait, this isn't Diamond Edition. No, it's the Walt Disney Signature Edition. Oh, which originally I was really excited about. Because yeah. if you read the description of it, it says with commentary by Walt Disney pulled from archives. Yeah. So I thought you'd watch the movie, and they would just put Walt Disney interviews throughout the movie talking about the film. Sure. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna totally trade in my four disc ultra diamond edition of snow white because i want a you know i want one where walt disney's talking and it, the packaging's a little slicker it's like i'm gonna do that and then i read the review on blu-ray.com it's a four minute like clip oh i know i'm like i want to listen to him just talk about it for an hour and a half yeah because well, you know uh, it has to exist you can't i don't i don't know that it does well i mean there might be an hour and a half of content out there yeah because when, when they they recorded their studio i mean their um their storyboard sessions oh really yeah oh okay well, so then, they yeah, have there has totally, to exist yeah that would be cool but man no one cares about special features on blu-rays anymore oh well disney usually does i know that's why i was really bummed i don't know i still might the target has a storybook edition of it where it's like a the blu-ray is the story book drawing version of it sure. which is pretty nice so i might still get it i don't know it's yet. still a cool package yeah the packaging is really cool the old one's not that cool yeah it's just funny because I popped it up and, and like it didn't say diamond on it. And I was like, what, wait, is this a Disney movie? Yeah, they're redoing. I was reading that they're doing Snow White. Pinocchio will be the next one. Cool. Um, so any, well, you'll, you'll get that one. Yeah. Any movie that Walt had a hand in, I, they're doing the Walt Disney signature series. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Speaking of great stuff, Bridge of Spies is coming out this week. Nice. Yeah. You're going to have to check that one out for sure. And if you missed it, like, what are you doing? I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, Batman. Bad Blood. Uh, this is some kind of movie. It's where, animated, right? Yeah, this is an animated DC movie where Batman and also Batgirl and also Batkid and also, uh, Bat older kid and then Batrobot. They're all there and they got bad blood. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's good. Um, The Last Witch Hunter. Live forever. Hunt also forever is the tagline <laughs> of Vin Diesel's the Last Witch Hunter. I kind of want to check that out. Cost ninety million dollars and made twenty million dollars. Oh shit! It, it cost twenty ninety million dollars. Yep. Oh man, was fifty of it Vin Diesel's? Probably. Um, yeah. No, he'll be all right. He has Furious Eight and Triple X Three coming out. Breck Eisner. I know that name. Who's Breck Eisner? Mm. Well, we'll get we'll we'll get going and then I'll. Uh, oh, he did he did Wild Card 
And, oh, Jason oh, Statham's no, wild card? Oh, no, Breck Eisner. Breck Eisner did Sahara. Hmm. Oh, man. That's a good movie. People, are, wh- whatever. People it's are fun. Dumb. Uh, Evangelion, third, 33 and a third. Thir- three, three, 33, uh, some kind of anime. Carol is coming out on Blu-ray this week. So if you want to see Carol. Uh, Fallen Skies, season five. What's been on for five seasons? Dude, right? Whoa. And it, can I point out that it doesn't say Falling Skies, the final season. It says Falling Skies, the f- complete fifth season. Hmm. Man. Wow. All right. Uh, Zoolander is getting a Blu-ray release. So if you don't nice. have Zoolander, now's your chance. It's a pretty decent looking cover. It's got Zoolander on the front. <laughs> uh, Free Held, which is that movie where Julianne Moore and Ellen Page fall in love. And then they fight about, nice. go- we'll fight with the government and stuff. Um, the Keeping Room. Uh, the Keeping Room is the um, Alamo released, not produced, but I think they, I think they're doing the distribution for, um, like feminist Western movie where Haley Seinfeld has to oh, yeah, fight yeah. with uh, actually, Sam Worthington. That trailer looks always badass. Oh yeah, no, no, I really wanted to see it, but it was only there for a short time, and it was at a time where there was a lot of movies to see, so I missed it. So I'm excited to see that one. Um, John Candy's Delirious uh, is getting a Blu-ray release this week, which I've Good. never seen. Neither have I. Um, so maybe I'll check it out. It's got a, it's got John Candy on the front, and he's looking happy, and he's got a typewriter. Does he look delirious? Um, no, he looks like <laughs> John Candy. But, he died uh, too young. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of James Vanderbilt, uh, we weren't, but uh, James Vanderbilt's got a movie called Truth. It's got uh, Kate Blanchett and Elizabeth Moss and Robert Redford in it. Uh, which is a movie actors. where, yeah, it's a movie about like, um, the truth. It's like a, it's a, it's a journalism kind of movie, you know, but they're talking about, I don't know, something, it's something recent, you know, some kind of controversial thing. I don't know. doesn't matter. Might be good. Check it out. <laughs> Suffragette is coming out this week, which is Carrie Mulligan and Helen Bonham Carter. Yeah. I, I like, I like. Suffrage, suffragism, mm-hmm. Suff- suffrage. I'm a, I'm a fan of suffrage. Brock the Casbah with Bill Murray is on Blu-ray this week. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is. That's his movie that flopped, where he goes to like Afghanistan or something as a rock manager. I don't remember. Oh, okay, all right. Um, speaking of things I don't care about, Sandra Bullock is in Our Brand Is Crisis, which is a movie people were talking about. I think it's some kind of like another flop. Yep. David Gordon Green. Uh, Man Up with Simon Pegg. How come Simon Pegg keeps being in movies that nobody sees? <laughs> My guess is those are like his English England movies. Oh, this one's got Lake Bell in it. I think he also just likes making like fun little movies. Yeah, probably. You know? So, because he was also in a Star Wars movie. So he I was. guess I can't say that nobody sees his movies. Highway to Hell. Oh, no. Uh, the director's name is Eight Dijong. A-T-E is his first name. I, my, it's Ate? Uh, we're going to sure. say it's Ate. Okay. Um, start, oh, wait. I got to get close to this. Cause the, so, the, so the cover here is a cop with a gun and he's got like, he looks like he's burned, but he also has like some weird tattoos and some crazy future sunglasses that are bolted to his head. Does it look like he's going to hell? Yeah. Oh, and it, oh, and his name is Sergeant Bedlam. Uh, oh, and I didn't mention that his gun isn't a gun. His gun looks like somebody soldered it together out of some parts they found on a construction site. Um, this looks stupid as hell. 
Get it? Highway to Hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh shit! It's got Christy Swanson in it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> She's been in a movie twice. <laughs> uh, all right. Here we go. Here's the plot synopsis: The Highway to Hell. Wait, add a flame sound effect. <laughs> I think that was pretty good. We're we're good Foley artists. <laughs> we are. Chad Lowe and Christy Swanson star in the horror comedy action adventure. That's a lot of genres. The horror comedy action adventure as young lovers Charlie and Rachel eloping to Las Vegas for a secret wedding. Standing in their way is... <laughs> is it Satan? Tell me it's Satan. Standing in their way is Satan. Yes! <laughs> Who has taken a liking to the lovely Rachel and has sent his hell cop uh, CJ Graham. Wait, what? His hell cop. It's played by CJ Graham of Jason uh, from Jason oh, yeah, Lives. Oh yeah, that's Jason. Friday the Thirteenth. Jason part Lives. Four, yeah. Part six. He's uh, taking a likely uh, taking a liking a liking to the lovely Rachel and sent his hell cop to bring her down to hell where he where she can satisfy his devilish lust. Holy Whoa. shit. Okay, how much when, is this Blu-ray? Because I'm going to buy it. <laughs> when Charlie follows, he's thrust into an expected... He's thrust into an expected world of living satanic bikers. It says Wait, expected. What? I don't know why it would be... I'm going to back up again. When Charlie follows, you know, okay. to hell... Yes, he's uh, on a highway to he's it. Thru- yeah, he's thrust into an expected world... Of living satanic bikers, cannibalistic blondes, and a coffee shop where the only thing living is the food? There's no question mark there. I just thought something. Wait, so he's expecting there to be satanic bikers? Yeah, when I go down highways, I'm always like, oh man, I think there's going to be some satanic bikers. Well, you expect it. And like a diner with living food in it. The stellar cast includes Patrick Bergen of you know of the Patriot Games mm-hmm. and Richard Farnsworth of the Straight Story. Oh, Straight Story, that's and, a great movie. Right, yeah, to the best David Lynch film. And Pamela Gidley of Cherry Two Thousand. Fuck yeah, Cherry Two Thousand. <laughs> You've seen that? I have. I own that movie. Kevin Peter Hall from the Predator. predator that's the Predator. And wait, oh, he just is the Predator from Predator One and Two. Yep. Uh, Jerry Stiller from Seinfeld. <laughs> Uh, with his wife and uh, and Mirna as uh, Mira, yeah, and Mira as Medea, Medea, the woman who kills well, whatever. Uh, his son Ben Stiller. Wait, what is Ben Stiller in this movie? No, uh, no, that's his son, Jerry Stiller's son, Ben Stiller. With his wife as Medea, his son Ben Stiller as Attila, no. the Hun, and his daughter Amy Stiller as Cleopatra. Yeah, so all of the Stillers are in this movie. Also feeling treating the rocker, whatever. There's, oh, and Gilbert Gottfried's in here. What year did this wait, come out? Wait, 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 wait! I gotta back up. Also featuring rocker uh, Lita Ford and comedian Gilbert Gr- Godfrey as Hitler. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, what year did that come out? Uh, let's see. Year, 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 year. Um, I'm not sure. The Blu-ray is a full seven sixteen forty nine on think Amazon. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing the year. Who, on what's here. Uh, imprint is putting that out? What Blu-ray company? Uh, Kino Lord or I think. Oh, it's they a, make oh, good Anna Blu-rays. Anna 
Morphe? Yeah. Kino? Yeah, Kino. Yeah, they make good Blu-rays. Yep. So, Hell Cop. Not the title of the movie. Highway to Hell, though, is. Moving on. Don't you think they got the ACDC song? <laughs> no, they don't have the money for that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. Is getting a That's Blu-ray a funny release. movie. Uh, I feel like it's had a Blu-ray release before, but this is a this is a really mm-hmm. um, this is a pretty cool looking cover for it though. Have you ever seen Did the you movie? Go check it? No, I haven't. It's really funny. It's uh, by Keenan Ivory Wayans, and it makes fun of black exploitation films. Okay, cool. I'm it's down. It's fun. All right, I'm in. I'll check that out. Uh, and Up the Creek from 1984 is getting a Blu-ray release. It's Tim Matheson, and they're on a raft going down a river. And there's a lady cool. in the raft or something. This is a weird, weird, weird looking cover. Up the creek. Ignore it. Just like everyone else. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. There's one last. Uh, there's a Bela Lugosi horror film called Extraordinary Tales, uh, which has got Christopher Lee, Bela Lugosi, Julian Sands, Roger Corman. Wow. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. What? This must be some kind of compilation. Um, based on the horror masterworks of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, cool. So it must be some kind of like, uh, series of stories of Edgar Allan Poe adaptations or something. And I don't know how it got Bella Gosi in there. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. But whatever. That's cool. All right. So check that thing out. Maybe it's just him picking flowers. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Never to be seen again. <laughs> cool. I'm going to go watch Plan 9. That's what's coming out on Blu-ray this week. Hey, this is a comic book you should totally get. Dope. I created some special new superheroes. Uh, They were characters that reflected my own heartbreak and my own regrets. How so? Dr. Doom wears body armor to conceal his own mangled form, right? Yeah. Okay. That was me beneath the armor. The Hulk. A normal guy one minute, a rage of emotions the next. Just like me when I thought about what I'd given up. So you created each character as a way to deal with your one big regret. Yeah, the girl that got away. Look, do yourself a favor, Brody. Don't wait. Because all the money, all the women, even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I don't know, all the comics in the world? Trust me, true believer. So... Right now, Spider-Man, if you go to Amazing Spider-Man, he's like a international hero. He goes all over this world now. He yeah. has, he's rich and he fights like, uh, like I just watched, read an issue where he's fighting an army of goblins because they're blowing up, um, like water refugees and, uh, or water reserves in Africa. It's pretty fun. But while, those are stories are fun. They come with a lot of weight to them because you have to know a lot about what's happening in Spider-Man recently. Sure. So I'm going to tell you a Spider-Man comic that's come out recently that is amazing. And it's simply called Spidey. And um, it takes place with Spider-Man in high school, but it takes, uh, but it doesn't take place in the sixties. It takes place now. Um, and in it, he has all his friends, Harry Osborn's in it, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane, and it's really lighthearted. It's fun. It's drawn by Nick Bradshaw, who's a really great artist. And they're, they're self-contained stories. So uh, the uh, the first one is him just basically fighting robbers and stuff. And then, of course, Norman Osborn makes an appearance at the end. 
where he's like, uh, get me this Spider-Man. And so, uh, the second issue is really good though. Cause he's fighting, he fights a Sandman in it and the art in it is amazing. Uh, I, I love this little comic and it's, it's kind of like, uh, they used to do these Marvel adventures, Spider-Man's where they're single issue stories, but they're geared toward younger audiences. And there were lots of fun because it gets rid of all the continuity. And all you have to know is that Spider-Man's a high schooler who takes pictures of Spider-Man. And that's all you have to know. Um, so, it's it's really fun, and I you should definitely pick it up. Very cool. Um, it's just called Spidey. If you go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada, Colorado, 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard, talk to Andrew and get a hold slot, and you'll get 20% off your issues. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend if you like Spider-Man and you want to see kind of a lighthearted Spider-Man and a fun Spider-Man again, pick up Spidey. Now, at what point does Satan show up to pull his girlfriend down to hell to... You know, I think that's... Um, issue six. Oh, it's and of course up. it's not Satan. Up. It's Mephisto. So oh right, you can't say Satan in Marvel. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah. So it's, okay, cool. Yeah, I just want to make sure that happens. Yeah, it does. Cool. So what else do we have? Uh, box office. What's happening? Mm. Nothing. All right, <laughs> nothing moving exciting. On. Uh, Kung what Fu Panda seen? three will probably win this week. Oh yeah, that with like came out. forty-five million or something. I wonder if it's good. Mm-hmm. Like first, it's actually getting good. really good reviews. Yeah, the first one was good. I haven't seen the second one, so I, I had yeah, no interest exactly. to see the third one. Yeah, me too. But I heard, I think it's, I think I remember reading it's like at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's great. They're fun movies. I don't have anything against them. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I just hadn't seen the second one, so. Um, yeah. I so, won't understand what's going on. I know. I mean, you, the, the continuity is probably really important in yeah. the Kung Fu Panda universe. Yeah. Um, this week we went and saw Jane Got a Gun. Whole world's come undone. Now, Janie got a gun. Yeah. Uh, James, should people go see Jane got a gun? Uh, yeah, not really. Um, I, this movie is troubled. There's some really cool stuff. Like, there's some parts where I was like, all right, that's, that's a neat idea. And there's like stuff about the characters that I think are interesting. Um, but one of two things is true. Either the script is shit. Or this movie was edited to hell, um, because it's so chock full of like awkward flashbacks and, and it's so told out of order and I don't really connect to anyone. It just, it feels like, it feels kind of passionless in a weird way. So I just never really got into it. Um, it's not, I, I can't say it's bad. Um, it just feels mishandled or like ineffective in a weird way. Um, so I, I wouldn't recommend it. I'll probably forget it in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I'm kind of torn on this one. I actually kind of liked it, but I did have some problems with the ending. Um, a lot of times in movies, uh, well, I'll talk about it when we get to spoilers, but a lot of times in movies, I, I call it the, uh, wussy way out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so that, that's what bothered me most about this film. Yeah. Um, but I thought the performances were really good. Um, I have some, it, uh, we'll just talk about it. I, I, I say it's a rental. I don't think you have to rush out and see it. At the most, yeah. And you won't have to because I'm sure it won't last long at theaters. <laughs> uh, here, here's a trailer for Jane Got a Gun. Is there a trailer for it? I've never seen one. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's. If not, here's, you know, some, here's an audio clip from some movie Let's with, all with go Natalie Portman. Here's the, here's the trailer to Where the Heart Is with starring Natalie Portman. <laughs> Go. 
need help. Then I make it clear. You ain't welcome here, Jane. Now we'll spread out across this valley here until that snake slithers out into sight. Bishop boys are coming for you. You don't need a gunslinger. You need a goddamn regiment. Go back to that little house and best tell it to your husband. He's in rough shape. It's not worth your life, Jane. My life's worth isn't your concern. Hasn't been for years. How many might they be? Used to be more than a dozen of them. Minus one. You don't have to come back. Get Katie safe, would you? I've been running my whole life. Now I gotta put my face to it. trouble they're gonna arrest me you're a big celebrity everybody wants to talk to the mother of the walmart baby what was it like no belief as you i'd rule out a career in broadcasting i call my kids after snack foods brownie praline cherry and baby ruth one of your kids is on the phone which one pez twinkie one of them and we ask forgiveness lord for the whoopee that mr sprock and me committed on this very table amen I hope you don't think this kid's gonna call me grandma. Mama? So, where is the creep? Well, the Jack Pickens. You didn't even have to make that up, did you? You want me to play? I have goosebumps already. Play sound the music! I know that Willie Jack walked out on you, but that's what makes him trash, not you. You must have met Forney. Smile! You know his great-grandfather was governor of Maine? Oh, you had a big date or something? No, I am done with guys like that. No more men at all. Oh. Forney's in love with you. Forney's different from us. He went to college. Are you trying to say that you're not good enough for him? I was thinking I could maybe be a photographer. You don't hear me laughing. Here we go then. You are the best friend I've ever had. But do you love me? Nobody ever taught Novali Nation what life was all about. She had to learn it by heart. We've all got meanness in us, but we've got goodness too. And the only thing worth living for is the good. From the best-selling novel, Where the Heart Is. Smile. You know, maybe it was a bad idea to tuck in the shirts. All right. So Jane Got a Gun is takes place in 1871, right? Yeah. I don't know. For how many time, co- <laughs> time stamps yeah. there are in this movie, I It takes know. place in 1871 in New Mexico where um, Nellie Portman's character, Jane, is on a farm with her um, her young daughter. And all of a sudden, this dude who's wounded on a horseback comes back home. And you find out that's her husband. Yeah. And he's being chased by the Bishop Gang, which is a gang of outlaws. Um, and slowly throughout the film, you find out why they are chasing him and uh, how they found him. Yeah. Um, and then it turns into kind of like a revenge thriller. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, the revenge part is pretty short. Yeah. It's, it's mostly a movie about three people in a cabin mm-hmm. trying to f- like, m- trying to get through their baggage so they can defend themselves from like the bishop. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the vast majority of the movie. Oh yeah, the I bad guy. Yeah, I didn't recognize him. Oh hell yeah, it is. He's one of the best things about this movie. Nice. Yeah, his evil little mustache. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. 
Oh, it is. Yeah, I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> I guess I didn't pay attention to the credits either. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, then it's like a Western. You know, the movie's really short. Like, I felt it was like a... It's an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, an hour and a half. And most movies, you know, two hours now. But anyways, so... Um, but for, for you know, it's it's telling a, a Western story that you... It's very familiar to mm-hmm. you. Um, and so, if you did it for... If, if you drug this out for much longer, you'd just be like... There's... This is not a, like rich film like a true grit or a 310 mm. to yuma where there's like a lot of stuff going on and a lot of big action scenes like no this is a quiet little western movie where you've got a little revenge plot and if you made it too long it would it would outstay it's yeah welcome. you know i do miss westerns like they, they're, totally because now they can make them so cool um yeah. and they and they have there's some uh shoot what was the name of that 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 awesome movie like the sci-fi western from last year shoot um the young the young ones, yeah, that's an awesome western, but it's like a sci-fi western. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's um. So, in, in the movie, they tell through a series of flashbacks of how they got to where they're at. Because you find out that uh, Dan was Joel Edgerton is was engaged to Natalie Portman's character Jane, and then she ended up. You don't know why how she ended up with a different man yet, and you didn't. You're also given little snippets that her one daughter died, and you're like, "Well, how did that happen?" And so they kind of tell them in flashbacks, where I, and I, they're, they're like out of order. Yeah, they're yeah. out of order, which is fine. I think it's an interesting way of telling a story. Um, but I, the flashbacks with Jane and Dan were like too corny. Like, oh yeah, it, it seemed out of place in the film, didn't it? Hey, we just like literally there's a shot where they're running through a field, like, like laughing and and everything is wonderful and you're like is this like a is this a cartoon yeah it's a cartoon scene? and i don't know if it's because they're trying to say oh it's like a, a, a distorted view of what they remember i don't know i i don't think so i i think it's a i think it's a kind of ham-fisted mm. like to to me a lot of it came across as um like very disjointed and it feels to me like a movie, and sure, I'm bringing a little bit of, of meta here to it, because of course this movie was shot like two years ago and has been, you know, has had a really tough, uh, life. Did you hear that they had a, the original director just didn't show up on set the first day? Oh, sheesh. Yeah. No, I didn't hear that. Some lady, I read, I read a whole article <laughs> on, uh, the Hollywood Reporter about it, how she wow. just didn't show up. Sheesh. Um, the, uh, it feels like a movie that's like like they got they got something and then they were just trying to figure out how to piece it together because mm-hmm. um, the way that they tell the Joel Egerton and uh, Natalie Portman story just feels real cumbersome like it feels like the story's not that convoluted but the way they tell it makes it feel yeah. convoluted because see you know? I I really love the scene where um because she says you know I left because he went he joined the Civil War he joined the Union right. And so she never heard from him, so she assumed he died. Right. Because he never wrote her a letter or anything. And he's, yeah. you know, and there's that one scene where, you know, he's making <coughs> bombs and he says, you know, you could have went down to the post office and you didn't see my name there. You know, I wasn't dead. And she said, well, I was at the same post office. And I never got a letter from you. And you're like, oh, so what's going on? Right. And then they have that great that scene. That is a great scene. Yeah. They have that great scene where they're upstairs and he's, you know, he talks about how he was, you know, a prisoner of war and how he, you know, I couldn't write you. I was stuck there for, I don't know how long. And then she tells a story about why she left is because she thought he was dead and that there was dead bodies like in the street. 
and so she uh, grabbed their child, and um, you find out that it's actually Joel Edgerton's child, and um, she was going to be sold into prostitution by the bishop guys, and they killed her daughter, and then that makes Joel Edgerton like really mad, and he's going to have revenge on him too, and then they have this huge shootout, and so that part's cool. Yeah, the only part I didn't like about it is the movie title is Jane Got a Gun, and she really doesn't use it till the end. Right. You know, I think she should have been a little more. Yeah, she's not as badass as she can be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she does blow Gael Garcia's brains out at the beginning, but yeah, that's great. Um, oh no, that's a uh, Rodrigo something. He's the he's a. Uh, that's Rodrigo. He's uh the dude in Three Hundred, the <sighs> like the God in Three Hundred. Like the guy oh, who is that who that is? Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, the guy with the crazy scar on his neck. Yeah. Oh gosh, when they slow motion the in the in the flashback when they slow motion him getting shot in the neck, and you're like, get it? This is the guy from before. I'm like, seriously. Yeah. And, and so, um, so again, I was actually down with the movie. I didn't have a really that big of a problem with it. I mean, it's a you know, it's a January release. I'm I'm not looking for. I just want to be entertained. I started to get it. Uh, then the ending started – he's getting close to the end. Yeah. And the one thing I didn't like is so Joel Edgerton goes out to look for um, Bishop and his brother because they're the last two guys alive because they've killed everybody else. And he sees um, the brother and he shoots and kills him. And then – Which that's pretty good. Yeah. But that's the Bishop good. guy shows up behind him and he's like, uh, drop your weapon. Like if that was real, shouldn't the bad guy just blow him away? Absolutely. And then he takes him inside – and this is what I call the wussy ending yeah. is um, I like the ending. Uh, so he tells um, Jane that her daughter's still alive and, you know, she's shooting him in the leg, each leg and then in the hand. And I really like that part. I'm like, oh, awesome. And um, she's like, y- you just tell me where she's at. He's like, why would I tell you? She says, he's like, I have nothing left to lose or something. She's like, that's right. You don't. And he kind of says that she's at like the whorehouse they were at and she shoots him. And I don't like that their daughter was still alive. Hell no. He should, what he should say is after he shoots her a bunch, he should be like, she's waiting for you in hell. And then he, and then she kills him. Like, yeah, you take all of the, the like, whatever sting that character had before Mm -hmm. is gone. Now he's just a creepy rapist. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah, he deserves to be shot, but like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I mean. It's a wussy way out because to me is, even though it was really ham fisted where he saw her like boot floating in the water. Ugh. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh man, now they took and, away her whole motivation. And again, like that's in the, that's told in a flashback mm-hmm. and it's her flashback. So it's not, it's not a reliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, so there probably was never a boot. Like that's just the way she sees it. Yeah. And like, it, it, so it that's just, what I mean. Like the wussy way out. Cause it, it it means it's more a bad and, ending, and it makes more for the character. Yeah, that he killed her daughter. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I guess that's just. I mean, I like the ending where she collects all the rent, uh, the uh, reward money for all the people she killed. I think that's cool, and they go start like their life in California. Like I like that part. Yeah, where she shows up, and she's like, oh, there's that dead fucker, <laughs> and um, but I, I don't like that the daughter lived. I know that sounds horrible, but no, no, you're. Sorry, you're absolutely right. I I think the way for me to put this is I really like the story. I think it's poorly written. Yeah. So like the story of those two of those three characters, I should say, right? So the 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 old boyfriend, her, and the husband 
right? Who's like lying in a dead in a in a bed, maybe dying. Um, and and like the cool tension or what what could have been awesome tension of the cool fact scene where you can't he had, see where he had the gun pointed at him. Yeah, and he's like, "You're a piece of shit." Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, scene. that's a great scene. Well, and you've got this whole dynamic of the fact that you know he's dying and he can't see very well, and so and but he's got a gun. And so, and, and they're defending themselves in there too. So, like, wh- how does he know not to shoot Joel Egerton? Like, what? Like, there's this really cool um, device there that's never used very well. So, there's a lot of great stuff going on. I would have rather it just been a movie though, where the three of them are in a cabin and they have to talk. And when when you have to tell me the story of what happened, make like put those characters in a position where they tell me. The, yeah, the flashbacks. The flashbacks. Yeah, the flashbacks only serve. To give me more Ewan McGregor, because Ewan McGregor is really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so what you should do is have those scenes and then also flash over to, like, Ewan McGregor torturing some other family or something, right? See, he was so good, I didn't even know it was him. Yeah, he is. He's cool. He's really cool. He's got an evil mustache. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, um, because, see, when I watch the movie, it has potential. And when I was absolutely. watching the credits, there's two screenwriters and then and Joel Edgerton. So something tells me that those two wrote it and he came on and is like, you need something else in here because yeah. that scene where he's like, you know, he's pointing the gun at her husband and he says, you know how you just take something that belongs to another man and you shouldn't take it. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. That was actually one of the most like disappointing things was seeing his name on it because you know he wrote the gift from last year, which I really liked mm-hmm. and is a really well written um, and very tense film. And he directed that one too. Uh, and so to see his name on this, I was like, "Oh, was this just the movie where you were sharpening your teeth?" Like, because to me, it, it's he, since he was last credited, he yeah. probably just did a run through of it and polished well, it. Well, it's as much as he could. um, it's one writer and then the word and and then two writers, and he's one of them. So that means that the second two writers wrote it, like rescripted it together. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was clearly a script by the first guy, and then those two came on and redid it. Um, yeah. so probably when he was hired on, he was like, I want to rewrite this movie cause there's stuff wrong with it. Yeah. And then he probably has like a writing partner or whatever. And as a bummer with. too, cause I know as a, like a passion project for Portman and I mean, she's a star of it and he, I can't tell. Yeah. That's Where, what I mean. Wherever like, she was passionate, I didn't see it. Yep. That's what I mean. I mean, the only part of the movie I thought she was really knocked out of the park was when she found out her daughter was dead when yeah. he, she was rescued. I thought it was pretty good. Um, that scene was cool because him yeah. going through the house, like shooting people, was and shooting dope. dudes in the nuts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty great. Here he comes. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, hey. Uh oh, run away. <laughs> He's not supposed to be awake. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I think. But, I think. Uh, <laughs> how, how did you feel about Jane got a gun? Yeah. Not great. Yeah. All right. About the same as we did. <laughs> um. So, uh, next week is Hell Caesar. Hell yes. Um, also, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, sorry, Hail Caesar. Um, I'll see. Both I'll of see. Them. I'll see it. I'm just saying, Hail Caesar. There's some people that say that Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies is actually pretty good. Um, I actually think I think that movie could be great. Like, I read there's some stuff in that trailer I love. Unfortunately, it looks very much like a Screen Gems film. Yeah, like it looks like a cheap I keep on Van hoping, Helsing movie. I keep on hoping for a new Hansel and Gretel. That's all I want. Oh, man. Where um, is that movie? And the 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 lady who uh, starred as Cinderella, Lily James, is in it. So, Hopefully. oh, you mean you mean Rose from Downton Abbey? Uh, yeah. No, nope. yeah, you do. No, yeah, I mean Cinderella. Yeah, no, no, Rose, Rose from Downton Abbey. Yeah. So She's I'm excited. Fantastic. So I'll see it. 
And there's that really cool shot in the trailer where that dude cuts off the zombie's head and has a POV shot. It looks really yeah, that was wicked. Cool. Uh, but it's also PG-13. Oh, what is that? What's the last line in that trailer? In the in the like actiony trailer? Um, shit, there's a cool. Fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, here's the trailer for Pride and Prejudice and Zombie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hell Caesar next week. Uh, yeah, it'll be, be good. it'll be great. Come on, brothers. You get a call from the future. <laughs> uh, it's great. Yep. See you then. Bye. Bye. I'm, I'm totally playing the trailer for that movie right now. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. How long since your last confession, my son? 27 hours. It's really too often. You're not that bad. Here at Capitol Pictures, as you know, millions of people look to us for information and uplift and, yes, entertainment. And we're going to give it to them. And action. An army of technicians and actors and top-notch artistic people are working hard to bring to the screen our biggest release of the year. Hail Caesar is a prestige picture with one of the biggest stars in the world, Baird Whitlock. A truth we could see if we had, but... If we had... Faith! 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 Cut! Mr. Mannix. What's up? The director can't find Baird Whitlock. Somebody slipped it under my door. We have your movie star. Gather $100,000 and await instructions. Who are we? The future. Hello, Bert. Hello, Mr. Maddox. Lawrence, Obi, thank you all for coming. The studio needs your help. Bad Whitlock has been kidnapped. This is bad. Bad for movie stars everywhere. She sings the perfect harmony. Let's spend 24 hours. But we're looking for him. We don't want it in the gossip columns. This is going to cost the studio a lot of money. And that's where you come in. I need some cash. You must have very strong forearms. Is it hard squeezing it like that? It's part of the job, miss. I'd like to know what the hell is going on here. 20 million readers want the truth, Eddie. Truth, yes. Mm. Eddie. So won't you tell me no truth? I'm on the only your line. I don't you tell me no truth? I'm on the only your line. This is a drama, man. It's a real drama. Mr. Mannix, I know it sounds screwy, but someone's calling from the future. Good Lord. Wondering what's going on? Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.